0: Hello and welcome to Upstage the podcast, your weekly dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel, and I'm Abby. This week we are talking about Father's Day because Father's Day is Happy on this Father's Day. It's the eighteenth. T- it's well, the day it's, that this comes. It's out. the day that this comes out. We don't know when they're listening. Could be listening any time, couldn't they? Could be listening. It could be Father's Day twenty nineteen. It could. It could. You could be revisiting it because the episode was just that good. So it's Father's Day this weekend, so we're going to talk about fathers in musicals, good fathery songs. But first, we've got quite a lot of good news this week. So the first piece of news is that it was the Tony Awards last
1: weekend. So the big winners in the Tonys this year were The Band's Visit, which won pretty much everything in the musical category. It won Best Best... Musical, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Score. Yeah, the only thing it didn't win was... Oh, SpongeBob won like lighting or sa- no sound <laughs> design, something like that. One of the lesser ones. Yeah. But apart from that, Mean Girls got nothing. Mean Girls won nothing. Frozen mm. won nothing. Nothing. So yeah, bands visit really swept that one really in terms up. of revivals. Once on This Island won. Three. And not. So it won best musical revival, which I was really pleased about.
0: I was very happy. And about also, it
1: the too. goat from Once on This Island won the red carpet. Yes. By a. Yes. By a mile.
0: By a long shot
1: so yeah i'm i was really pleased with that it was everyone was saying it was the big surprise of the evening but i i have heard so much obviously we don't live in new york we haven't seen these shows but yeah. i heard so much about how great that production was i'm yeah. not so much about carousel and my fair lady like i'm sure I they're agree. both very enjoyable but i think the once on this island was really reimagined and creatively yes. done and and it's nice to see that. Congratulations to my Larden. Yeah. But Lindsay Mendez did win for Carousel featured actress, which I was pleased, just because I like her. I like Again, her Again, obviously, haven't actually seen Carousel with her in it. Listen to the cast recording and she can sing. Of course but she can, yeah. And in terms of plays, no real surprises. Harry Potter won a lot. Angels in America did well. So pretty much exactly exactly as, we as, as you'd expect um, i didn't
0: expect the band's visit to do as well as it
1: did yeah i did expect it to get best new musical because i thought people would vote for it specifically because it wasn't a big franchise yes yeah but the cast i thought there might have been some cast things going to other people i thought spongebob might get some acting things yep and i with everyone else thought the tina Fey would probably get best book Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, she did not. But no, they
0: really... You know, we have as many Tony Awards as Tina Fey. (laughs) We
1: sure do. Mm Mm-hmm. Annoyingly, though, the Tony Awards aren't actually broadcast anywhere in the UK. And the past couple of years, they've stopped letting us watch things on YouTube. Really annoying. Which is really annoying. And, I mean, if anyone from the Tony Awards people are listening please let us watch the performances on youtube like, no, You i can't fu- even watch a full speech
0: no we can't watch speeches we can't even watch the before we can't watch the performances we can't watch any of it it's really upsetting i think what they should do is just fly us out next year to the actual to radio city musical I'd, i
1: would take that i'd even just watch the rehearsal it'll be inconvenient but we'll do it we'll make it work mm-hmm. we'll make sacrifices. hectic schedules but you know We're busy
0: people so busy mm, mm. Some West End news is that Kinky Boots is going to be closing in January 2019. So that's Kinky Boots and Girls both closed in January. Yes, very nice sad, shows. but exciting to see what will replace it. Kinky Boots is going to be going on a UK tour, which is nice. I'm glad that's happening. I think that people should get to see the show, even if they're not based in London, because you know it's set in Northampton. Yeah, it will be nice that It'd be nice in... if it did
1: a lengthy run in Northampton. They they should do that, really, shouldn't they? Should. They? they should do it in a like an old factory, they sort of should. immersive. Yes. Of Another UK tour that's coming up is We Will Rock You. So that's a, a bit of a weird one because I don't see, like it doesn't seem to have had a kind of full schedule announced, but random dates are appearing here and there, which everyone is assuming is a tour. So that I think is starting in September. We Will Rock You was on at the West End for 12 years, closed in 2014, 2014 something I think. like that. Yeah, And then went on UK tour. Mm. And now, so it's quite a quick, Second you know, tour. yeah. yeah.
0: For like a not particularly like I don't think anybody's desperate for it.
1: No, but there we are. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, another return to British theatre is Kate Blanchett, who is going to return to the London stage with her national theatre debut in a new play by Martin Crimp. And the play is Crimp. called Crimp. The play is called When We Have Sufficiently Tortured Each Other: Twelve Variations on Samuel Richard's Pamela. Pamela. Which is, I mean, that's just,
0: that's too it's a long. long. title, isn't it? Like, how, what are you going to shorten that to on the Probably, front of a programme? Yeah,
1: that's too much. Apparently that will be an exploration of the messy and often violent nature of desire and the fluid, complicated roles that men and women play. Beautifully summed You can up. tell that we wrote that ourselves. Yeah. Yes, we should just
0: be copywriters.
1: Just like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kate Blanchett's good, isn't she? That's She's nice. very good. S- and it's nice to see someone like, you know, of that calibre doing a new... A new work at the national
0: yes it's yeah. nice to see
1: someone of that caliber at the national full stop
0: yeah some new york news is that clueless the musical a brand new musical is happening yeah it's going to be happening in november at the alice griffin jewel box theater in new york yeah. it's going to be written by the director of the film amy heckling and directed by Kristen hangy yeah
1: it's, i think it's just it's nice that it's an all all female team it's very nice that it's no female team I feel
0: like between like Heathers and Mean Girls and Clueless it's having like a bit of a like a women on stage moment yeah and but maybe obviously just...
1: we can't have too many stories of women so we're just Absolutely. retelling the same ones yeah because don't want to overwhelm like overwhelm women's little brains with all about women. high
0: school cliques like yeah. women do exist outside of high school uh, I'm not guys. sure
1: I mean I love Clueless great film
0: it's a great film I'm not Look, sure it needs to I be, I be a will... musical
1: I will yeah I wasn't sure Mean Girls needed to be a musical
0: I'm still not sure that Mean Girls needed
1: to be a I musical mean, you know what yeah, and our final bit of news this week is that there are going to be three semi-stage performances of Guys and Dolls at the Royal Albert Hall this October. The cast hasn't been announced as of recording, so check our Twitter for information. These mm-hmm. Royal Albert Hall um, kind of semi-stage productions normally have very good cast. Very good cast. And Guys and Dolls is just a great show. Yeah, I think that'll be really good. So that's the news, and now we're going to move on to our musical fathers. Mm. So the first on our list is Marvin from Falsettos. Falsettos is a show that's all about family, kind of the dysfunction of family and all of that. And Marvin is, you know, a less than ideal father in a lot of ways. So a little quick kind of synopsis of Falsettos is it starts kind of in the fallout of Marvin splitting up with his wife and I guess kind of coming out as gay and living with his partner Wizza. And he's got a young son, who I guess at the start of the show is about nine. Jason, and the show kind of follows the family and the kind of peripheral characters as they're kind of this. They become a, a sort of like dysfunctional but functional unit as Jason grows up, and it's set in the eighties in kind of two very separate times in the eighties. The song that kind of encapsulates Marvin as a dad is um, "Father to Son." which is sung kind of towards the end of the first act and it's basically an apology in song to his son about being a pretty shit father. And I mean, it's beautiful. I love Falsettos. Falsettos is one of my favorite musicals and I would recommend that people Either watch it online, because it is filmed very well online, Um, the recent revival, which has an amazing cast. Christian Ball, it plays Marvin, and Andrew Rannell plays Wizza, and Stephanie J. Block is in it, and Brandon Uranovich. And the kid who plays Jason, (laughs) whose name escapes me right now, is amazing and yeah this song is basically a turning point for marvin i mean he doesn't become a he definitely doesn't become a good guy after this but he becomes a bit more aware of all his shortcomings and kind of apologizes for how his mistakes and choices have affected jason and i think it's you know i think their relationship is a really kind of nice a nice depiction of how parents are flawed as well but you know, the relationship, even a troubled relationship could be really meaningful and, and deep. And that, you know, par- parents are people and parents are going to make mistakes. But that doesn't make their love any less real and any less deep. The first musical dad,
0: musical father, <laughs> that I would like to talk about is Dan from Next to Normal. Next to Normal is also a very sort of family, dysfunctional family show. I'm going to have to spoil it, aren't I? I'm going to have to say Especially... what happens. Especially... For, yeah. for
1: Dan's bit.
0: For Dan's bit. So next to normal, there's like a, a parent's and then they have a daughter and a son. And you don't sort of realise until the through act one that the son is actually dead and it's the ghost of him that the wife keeps seeing.
1: Plot twist. Plot
0: twist. And so she is the only one who directly interacts with him because she's the only one who sees him.
1: Both these shows are very psychiatrist heavy. Very psychiatrist heavy. Just thought, because falsettos yep.
0: also. Yep. And so it's about... Diana's relationship with her son, her the ghost of her son, and how that's affected her relationship with her living daughter. It also focuses on Dan's relationship with his daughter and how the two of them sort of band together to help Diana get better. She's through quite a lot of mental issues in the show and has ECT at one point and that goes very badly. And towards the end of the show Diana sort of decides to leave the family home. She thinks that's the only way that she can sort of like get better on her own and not the finale, the pre finale. <laughs> the song before the finale, it's not a pre finale. It's called I am the one reprise and it's the first time in the show where I don't know how to describe it because it's not really clear whether whether this has always been the case or whether it's a new thing, but Dan is singing about how sad he is that Dan has left, obviously, and Gabriel appears and he, like, acknowledges him and it's not clear whether Dan has always seen Gabriel and just, like, refused to admit to his wife that he also, like, sees the presence of his son or whether it's, like, now that Diana's gone, it's, like, the idea is, like, he's moved on to his dad.
1: I've always thought of it as... Like, they both dealt with their grief in very different yes. and very unhealthy ways. Yes. And she, obviously, you know, the story, the most of the show focuses on how she yes. dealt or didn't deal with yes. their son's death. And he just shoved it down. Yes. And was like, I'm just going to cope. And maybe the fact that his wife wasn't coping meant, meant that he, he was just he like, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. I'm just going to... And then as soon as she was gone, yeah. he has to, like, work through these really delayed feelings of grief. And yeah. And that's why. And that's then- how I... I've always interpreted
0: it. Interesting. But, you know. It's a great show. It's a very sad show. It's sad for Natalie because Natalie has always sort of lived in the shadow of her brother who died before she was born and her relationship with both of her parents is difficult to say the least. So the finale of the show is Natalie, the daughter, singing to her dad about how now they can start to process it and you know sort of focus on themselves a little bit now that they don't have to, not look after their mum, but just now that she's decided to be on her own for a while that they can they still got each other and that's nice too but yeah it's very much a show that is about diana but dan is also a really big part of that and his role as the father in the family is very much front and
1: center so the next father on our list is a really big one in terms of parental figures in musical theater and it's um tevye from fiddler on the roof for anyone who doesn't know what fiddler on the roof's about i, don't, I mean we've spoken about it before and also it's a very famous show, but it's about a family, a Jewish family in a small um, Russian village just before the expulsion of Jews from Russia in the eighteen hundred seven. Sometime eighteen hundred. I am very bad at history, is what I'm learning when <laughs> I try to describe yeah. things. Tevye is the lead character, and then he's got, I want to say, five daughters. Five. It's
0: five.
1: It is five. Mm. I want to say it because it's correct. (laughs) And the three main ones. Three main and two two little (laughs) ones. And the three main daughters are at a sort of coming of age place. A song that really encapsulates the sort of parenting during the like process of of children coming of age is Sunrise, Sunset, which is a song that Tevya sings with his wife Golda. More members of the community, including um, one of the daughters, joins in kind of later on. It's basically a really, I mean, it's just such a beautiful song. And it's all about how quickly time passes and how one of his daughters is getting married and they've known both her and her husband since they were... Tiny, tiny little kids. And um, basically that whole thing of... It's, it's basically they grow up so fast, but in song. And it's really beautiful. And I just think Tevye is such a lovely musical father. It's such, I mean, he's just a really... tevia 's just a really great dad. And that's not to say that there aren't parenting flaws in Fiddle on the Roof. They're trying to marry off their kids because that's all women were good for back then. And mm. um, The daughters don't necessarily choose the men that they would have chosen for them i think it's one of those things of when again parents are flawed and it's you know i guess you have an expectation for your kids and when they don't meet them it's like what's best for your kids is it for them to live the life that you think is best for them or for them to live their truth i think tevye is just generally a really good guy who wants the best for his kids and just sometimes struggles to quite put his finger on the best way to go about getting the best outcome. But he gets there in the end. He gets there in the end and then it all goes to shit anyway because anti-Semitism. Hooray! Yay! But yeah, this is just such a beautiful song about parenthood generally and has had a really solid career outside of the, the show. Sunrise Sunset is sung at a lot of weddings because it just... Yeah, it, I feel like it's just that kind of parental love and, and letting go slightly, but obviously never completely because they still your child. So the next one on the list, it's
0: not really a musical about fatherhood, but it does have a beautiful song in it that's about fatherhood. And that is Dear Theodosia from Hamilton, which is a duet between Hamilton and Burr. And one of the sort of only times in the show where they sing together, but aren't arguing with each other. Yes, that's true. Um, they're both sort of singing about their newborn children and expressing their awe and delight and at how much they love their daughter and son respectively and Burr's daughter actually comes up again in the sort of climactic song of act 2 and is a sort of key motivation for him in why he decides to kill Hamilton because he's not prepared to leave his daughter without a father
1: without any parents
0: without any parents oh god (laughs) no that's so sad so yeah obviously this is a show that's about a lot of things but it's mostly it's about hamilton it's just a beautiful beautiful song comes near the end of act one after a lot of drama and it's like the time when you need a sort of break from the action and it's just sung really beautifully
1: and it's got nice lyrics and i think it's a really interesting one as well because both hamilton and burr are characters who didn't have fathers? Of they're course. both orphans. Yeah, but they have, you know, big dreams for their parenting careers mm, and for their children. Yeah, and I just think that's a really nice sort of parallel. That's one of the first things brought up when Hamilton meets Burr is the fact that they're both orphans. Yes, that's true. Um, and this is, as Rachel said, one of the few moments where they're kind of really united in the same kind of feeling and emotion. Mm. And yeah, it's nice that it is all about.
0: Wouldn't see either them my good fathers though.
1: In the end. Well, I mean, like, massive spoiler alert, but neither of these kids have great, have great endings. Nope, they don't. Although Theo well, we doesn't know. die in the show. She doesn't die in the show, and some people say she didn't die. Mm. And that she reappears as an History, old woman. Eh? Next on our list is ultimate musical dad, Captain Von Trapp. So I feel like everyone probably watched Sound of Music about 100 times when they were kids, at least, you know, a bit here and there, because it is long... So, Maria is obviously the main character of Sound of Music, but it's, you know, about how she, being a wonderful person, is able to bring Captain Von Trapp back to his children yes. and, you know, back as as a father of these many, many children. So many children. Many children that somehow seem to have been born after his wife died. One of them, I mean, they just didn't do the maths there. I don't even have much... To, he's just... He's just he's great, just, he's isn't just he? He's just a legend. He is just a legend. I feel like... The captain. He doesn't He doesn't need, doesn't an need any introduction. He doesn't, you know. Obviously, they're a family band, by a family band, probably a family simi- singing group. I feel like band's the wrong. I'm picturing Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Um, no, they're but just like a a little singing group. They by just live the on track as a family. family, aren't they? And you know, it's beautiful because music reconnects him to Brings his family. Them all together. In particular, the song "Adel Voice," which is just such a beautiful song. I feel like I've read somewhere before, and this may or may not be true, that when it was written, people thought that it was a sort of traditional Austrian I song. I
0: thought it was before I knew that it was from *Sound of Music*. But it is not.
1: It's not. So, it's not. Rogers and Hammerstein*, Rogers and did did Hammerstein great, number. They did a little a great, sneak preview. Great, 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 of great a job on that musical yeah. history episode. So obviously, yes, yeah, *Sound of Music* is one of the most iconic shows ever, and we will talk about it in our upcoming musical decades series. I just, you can't do an episode of Musical Dads and not, not mention the cat cap, El Capitan. El
0: Capitan.
1: I am the captain, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be <laughs> a very <Fortnite>. different... Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I would. Just to... whips out a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and seven children have <laughs> <followed> onto <laughs> <Yeah>. the ship. <laughs> yeah. So the last father we're going to talk about is from another lin When We're On The Show, which is In The Heights. And we're talking about Kevin, who is Nina's father. Blah. And sings a song in the show called Inutil, which means useless in Spanish, which is about how his father, he feels his father sort of failed him and he doesn't want to fail his daughter, so we'll do anything that it takes to provide for her and make sure that she has the best life possible. Again, sort of in a similar way to Tevia, this is the question of should he be deciding things for his daughter when she's 19. She's at yeah. college, so she's 18, yeah. 19. And whether she should be allowed to make her own decisions and whether he's just being too protective. There's another great song called Enough, which is sung by his wife about the sort of family dynamic between Kevin and Camilla and their daughter. And I think he's very he's very well-meaning. You know, he does do a lot for her. Yeah. And he just doesn't always go about it in the correct way. And I think he's got a
1: weight of his father is like way Always on him, on him yeah. So he's he's very... He very much wants to not do what his dad did but is yeah. wa- like is kind of on the verge of repeating the same patterns of that kind of By pressure. trying to avoid it so desperately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a really
0: interesting dynamic between them and it's very yeah. realistic as well
1: yeah and there's obviously the dynamic in a whole of in the heights is about sort of immigrant communities but it's that thing of you know it's that classic american story of kevin kind of made this really brave decision Mm. to go and make a better life for his family for his family and for his children his daughter and now it's that thing of like letting her make the decisions herself but you know still making sure that she doesn't make any I don't want to say any mistakes. Though. I don't want to make any judgments on Nina. No, of course not. I love Nina, but you know to make sure that she reaches just a potential. As, well, as well as she possibly can. Yeah, in her life. He's a good guy. Just... He's a good
0: egg. He just is occasionally a little bit overbearing. Yeah, but you know, good dads are sometimes. Yeah. So that's it. That's our little roundup of the best fathers in musicals. Hope you enjoyed. We will probably... Will we do a playlist? Let's or, do a playlist. We'll do a little playlist of these songs and if we can think of any more sort of family-orientated...
1: Let us know your favourite musical dance. Let us know your favourite musical dance And, and songs Day. by we, musical
0: dance. We miss Mother's Day, unfortunately. Mother's Day. Next year.
1: Next year. You wait. We'll we have a great... Month. Bull Bulletin. So it's been a very exciting week for Mr. Bull. Um, he won two, not one, but two classic Brit Awards with his partner and pal, Alfie Bo, and they won Group of the Year. Mm. I'm not sure if a duo is a group, but it's a duo, isn't it? They sure. grouped on X Factor, so that's probably true. how the it's Classic true. Brit Awards. Sure, um, that's, that's where they take races. their
0: inspiration
1: from. Um, and also the Classic FM Album of the Year. Oh, I'm so glad for them. Bless them. Any other business? I will say because this is the final time I will ever get to say this, but I watched the new Sensei in the last ever Sensei. Was it good? And I think. It was tricky because so for those of you who don't know, Sensei is a Netflix show, it had two seasons, and then they're basically like, this shit's too expensive. And so they cancelled it, but they did one big feature-length finale, which was two and a half hours long, which was a pretty lengthy, Mm. to sum up the story. And I think it was a tricky it's tricky to do it all in two and a half hours. Of course, yeah. And I think that the Wachowskis who were the creators of the show. Like love their characters so much that they couldn't let anyone not have a perfectly happy ending. Yeah, and I'm not mad about it because yeah. I didn't want anyone to have a not happy no, ending. No course, but also like it was a you know it's a little bit kind of fan servy in that sense. Yeah. but also like no one's gonna watch a two and a half hour Sense8 finale. It's not like they didn't Sense8 has a very niche fan base. I think fan base. Yes, but I will say that you can now watch the whole Sense8 story on Netflix. So go do that if you haven't already, because there are just some real gems and the characters I just like it's such a diverse cast but not in a like tokenistic way just like genuinely genuinely diverse yeah all diverse and there's just moments where it's you know the women are just so like I mean it's I mean it's one of those things it's like a trope of like strong female characters and you're like bloody fucking blah like women are strong get over it yeah but these characters are the female characters are all so unique and have real strength in very different ways and all the characters have something to give that's you know kind of really special and different and it's kind of sci-fi and it's you know a little bit scary very action heavy at least one orgy per season because of course, yes you can't not an insanely attractive cast mm. like some of the most attractive people on tv yep. on that were on that show yeah but it's just yeah it's just a really great show about these eight people who have kind of a hive mind and then these people are hunting them and all oh, it all goes very badly. Very badly. And things get complicated. But Definitely everyone's watch beautiful. It. It's very enjoyable. Mm. And now it's over. But yeah. I'm
0: excited that the staircase is on Netflix. I've I've never watched it all the way no, through because it scares me a bit. That. But I'm gonna yeah. power through because it's on Netflix now I've got no oh, excuse exactly. and there's new
1: episodes, and I love true crime. Speaking of new stuff on Netflix, The New Queer Eye is out now. I, I, I am very busy the next couple of weeks, but I will definitely squeeze them in as and when I can. And maybe it's good that I'm really busy. You've got to pace yourself. Because otherwise, you don't want to rush I will. Them. Yeah, if I had the weekend free, I would watch them all. Of course, you would. That's it. Yeah. That's it for this week.
0: Thank you for listening, as always. Next week is our Michael Ball episode. Yes. Get excited. I know we are. I'm so excited. We do so much research into his career and life. <laughs> um but yeah thank you for listening see you next week bye